Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 63 is entitled, Classifications of Law. To understand law, we must break it down. Wherever you have law, you have patterns. Wherever you have patterns, you can apply the following analytical tools so favored by scientists. Classification and division. Comparison and contrast, cause and effect, definitions, analogies, and metaphors. The secrets of the universe are embedded in patterns and revealed in analogies. We need to learn to read nature. We need to understand the laws of this terrestrial world and the laws of the celestial world, the laws of nature and the laws of God. The following assumptions are embedded in Christian doctrine And regardless of what detractors claim, regardless of those atheists who wish to remove God from everything, our nation began as a Christian nation, and it continues as a Christian nation, based on the Ten Commandments and the Holy Bible. God, though he is no longer the center of Washington politics, he is at the center of our government because the government is still represented by the people and the majority of Americans still believe in God. When faith dies, freedom dies, and only the dead are left to bury the dead. We generally classify laws as laws of God, laws of nature, and laws of man. It is a convenient classification, but it is inaccurate because God created man and the earth. Therefore, what we may call laws of nature or laws of science are also laws of God. Therefore, let me refine the classification. First, there is order and chaos. Let's think of order as absolute order, and chaos is absolute chaos. The one on the one extreme, the other on the other extreme. Let us define order as a state, principality, power, or kingdom ruled by absolute law. Let us define chaos as an entirely lawless state, which scientists call maximum equilibrium. Where laws exist, freedom and agency exist. Where laws do not exist, freedom and agency cannot exist. Opposition is required for freedom and agency. All of God's kingdoms are ruled by an independent set of laws. Where God lives, there is absolute order. Where complete chaos exists, there is absolute disorder. Our delicate world is dangling on a chain between order and chaos, natural law and spiritual law, natural man and spiritual man. And, because God gives us complete sets of laws, free will and agency, we can make of it what we will, a house of order or a house of chaos, a house of freedom or a house of captivity, a house of heaven or a house of hell. Because our world is sustained by opposites, it is a world of tremendous paradox. We are in a constant battle between temporal law and spiritual law, the natural man and the spiritual man, the temporal body and the immortal spirit, order and disorder, life and death. King Solomon captures the ambiguity of our spinning world in the following paradoxical statement recorded in Ecclesiastes 7. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. 
The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool, that also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. If we do not understand those verses, we will always chase happiness like the will of the wisp, always reaching but never grasping. We will seek happiness in sin where it can never be found, and we will seek joy in empty laughter where it can never endure. As Solomon said, As the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. We abhor death, mourning, sadness, rebuke, and oppression. Yet in the grand scheme of things, patience is greater than pride, and we can only learn patience in suffering. Solomon gives us the secret to finding wisdom. He said, I applied mine heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things, and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. The mind may discern mysteries, but the heart is the seat of wisdom, that which we know is wonderful, but that which we both know and feel is divine and everlasting. Christianity is at its best when resolving paradox. Why, for example, is death greater than birth? The answer is simple, the resurrection. Whereas everyone will be resurrected, not all will be resurrected with the same light and glory as taught by Paul. The righteous, those who endure to the end, will have an immortal physical body that shines like the sun. They will live eternally with our Savior in a state of infinite joy. Christ said, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Matthew 13. That is why Solomon says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Resolution of paradox is the key to understanding life on earth, and we can only do that through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. In this melting world, we have neither complete order nor complete chaos. The reason is very simple. We have temporal laws and spiritual laws which have conditions, and we have free will. Without opposites, we could not have free will. At the heart of Christianity is the fundamental assumption that chaos self-exists, but order does not. Christianity rejects the idea that order is caused by accident, coincidence, or serendipity of circumstances. Christians categorically deny that the Goldilocks zone, or the idea that the tilt of the earth, the magnetic poles, the distance from the sun, etc., that makes life possible on earth is accidental. Order must have a first cause. The first cause is law. The cause of law is intelligent design. The intelligent designer is God. That begs the question unless we accept the inevitable conclusion that intelligence self-exists and cannot have a first cause, meaning the intelligence of God and the intelligence of man. Self-existing intelligence must consist of at least the following attributes in varying degrees with the potential of omniscience and omnipotence. 1. Life. 2. Matter. Everything must be made of matter, even spirits. 3. 
consciousness. 4. Light. 5. Truth. 6. Knowledge. 7. Power. 8. Potential. 9. Free will. Freedom, agency, or liberty. Increase of intelligence, then, must be the expansion of those attributes, and ultimately intelligence or its attributes, light and truth, will be the only dividing factor. That leads us back to law. Let's first establish a classification for law. We have already established that order and chaos are the two extreme opposites. In secular terms, we consider the great opposites to be order and chaos. In Christian terms, we consider the great opposites to be God and Satan, good and evil, virtue and vice. Now let's focus on law. Since our point of view is earth, we shall divide law into two classes, laws of God and laws of man. Because mortal man, and all life on earth for that matter, must contain an immortal spirit, the laws of God are divided into two classes, spiritual laws and temporal laws. It is far beyond the scope of this podcast to discuss the scientific classifications of temporal law. What we owe to our scientists is incalculable. Their accomplishments border on the miraculous, their contributions to knowledge immeasurable. As with spiritual law, so with temporal law, it is a knowledge of truth that makes us free. As stated in your book, spiritual law is divided into two classes, the law of justice and the law of mercy. Upon that division rests all Christianity. Without the law of justice, there would be no need for the law of mercy. However, for that matter, without the law of justice, there would be no need for anything, for there would be no God, no man, no earth, no creation, nothing. It is essential that we understand the law of justice, or we cannot understand the need for the law of mercy. Justice is unconditional and absolute. It is the law of all laws. It governs all laws. If it were not so, law could not create order out of chaos, because chaos allows for no conditions, no loopholes, no breach, and no compromises. Chaos is absolute. Therefore, the law of justice must be absolute. Break the law of justice and chaos will take over. Chaos is the absence of law. Order is the presence of law. We must understand that to understand free will. All disorder in our world, without exception, is because of violation of law, whether that law is temporal or spiritual. Heaven is a perfect restoration of order. Therefore, all kingdoms of God are ruled by law. Each kingdom has its own complete set of laws that give it its independence. Temporal law is a shadow of spiritual law, necessary for mortality. Creation will continue forever. Therefore, there will always be suns, moons, planets, stars, galaxies, etc. As the old die, others take their place. When scientists look into the vast heavens through the Hubble telescope, they see an endless cosmos ruled by entropy. If they look through spiritual eyes, that is the eyes of faith, They would see the power, glory, and majesty of God in every galaxy, black hole, and dying star. However, because they measure the laws of heaven as they measure the laws of earth, they see the inevitable, maximum equilibrium or a giant heat death. Mortal instruments can never discover immortal worlds. Only through the eyes of faith can they see eternity. Those who cannot discern God in nature on earth will never be able to discern God in nature in the cosmos, even if the Hubble telescope reached to the throne of God. Science may see the body, 
but science may never see the spirit. Science may measure death, but science may never measure the resurrection. Science may measure entropy, but science may never measure immortality. Science may measure mortal life, but science may never measure eternal life. A child knows more about God than all the scientific treatises in our vast libraries, in our vast calculations, theorems, formulas, equations, hypotheses, propositions, or deductions. However, only that which is spiritual will endure. Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Everything that is subject to temporal law will ultimately pass away, such as earth. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. 2 Peter 3.12-13 Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Isaiah 51.6 All things have a spiritual base, even law. Temporal laws comprise one complete set of laws established by God to govern mortality. Spiritual laws comprise another complete set of laws established by God to govern immortality. All laws, however, are governed by the law of justice. Spiritual law governs temporal law, and it is through spiritual law that God governs all his kingdoms. It is through spiritual law that things are sanctified, preserved, protected, and perfected, else everything would, as scientists claim, in in a giant heat death. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.